loving God, you have given us the task to love one another. May the gifts we offer bring love and life to others. May the love we share bring hope to a world that has forgotten how to love. Amen. You may be seated.
Will you pray with me? Holy God, creator of earth and heaven and of all people, Lord, we gather before you today with hearts that are dry and long for a downpour of your presence to restore us and to renew us. We long to sit at your feet and listen to you teach and encourage and heal. Lord, come and make your presence and embrace known to us as we focus upon you and as we pray. Lord, we confess that our hearts are often too narrow and that our perspectives are too small. We confess that too often we reject those who are not like us, those who have different political opinions, those who struggle with mental illness, those who disagree with us, those who look different from us. Lord, we forget that we are all your beloved children. We neglect your call to love one another. So forgive us, O oh God, for the many ways that we have failed to be a people known by our love. Show us how to be more caring. Teach us how to love one another. And Lord, make us faithful disciples. Pour your love over us and transform us that we may embrace all people as your own. Lord, together we pray for the peace in our world. We pray for leaders to listen. And we pray that the common good would be considered before any kind of rash accent, action. For truly, Lord, we recognize that warfare is a travesty, that in warfare we all lose. So, Lord, we pray for peaceful solutions. Lord, we also pause and silently lift up to you our deepest needs and requests on behalf of others and for ourselves. Lord, in your mercy, in our prayer. And Lord, we lift up prayers for, on behalf of Mike Avedisian, who is, uh, his liver's failing and he's dealing with spreading cancer in his body. And Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work within him. Lord, we ask for healing, that the cancer would be beat, beat back, the liver would be brought back to health. That's what we ask for, Lord, but we also place him in your hands and recognizing that your will be done. 
And we pray most of all for comfort, for peace, that he would know that he is loved deeply by many. Lord, we give you thanks for listening to our prayers and for the care and wisdom with which you will respond. We are confident that you will respond, even as we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily prayer, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Good morning. Our scripture reading today comes from John 13, verses 31 through 35. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him all at once. Little children, yet a little while while I am with you, you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for each other. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know if you've, you've ever done this, but if you uh, look up most successful companies, you're going to find that they have a mission statement and they have some values that they do their best to build their culture around. For example, um, I like to ride my bike and I go for long rides, so you have to carry a little nutrition and I happen to like to carry cliff bars. So I, uh, I put them in my pocket when I go on long rides, they're, they're tasty, energy-packed goodness. But they're also listed as being one of the top 10 medium-sized businesses to work for. And if you go on their website, this is what you find. Their, their company's purpose and mission statement reads that they exist to help create a healthier, more just, and sustainable food system. You just have to go online, and you look it up, and there it is. You can read it. And they also list some values. They list, uh, they, they, their values are that they um, 
want to connect with the farmers who grow their food to create a traceable food supply. They value organic, transitional, and certified sustainable ingredients. They value restorative practices that reduce environmental impacts, conserve natural resources, and protect biodiversity. And they value ethically sourced ingredients that use fair labor practices to produce them. These are the core values that support Cliff Bar's vision, that shape its culture, and reflect what the company values. It's not just about producing a tiny little treat. It's about embodying a whole ethos to create something that everybody believes in. And those core values become the essence of the company's identity, the principles and the, the beliefs or philosophies of values. And many companies will, will focus mostly on their technical competencies, and they forget those underlying competencies that make their companies run smoothly. These things are core values. Any organization, any good company will discover several internal and external advantages by establishing strong core values. So, because core values help companies in the decision-making processes. Like, for example, let, let's put it this way. If a company says that they will stand behind the quality of the products that they make, then it's simple that any product that doesn't meet their standard will be automatically eliminated. Um, core values educate clients and potential customers about what the company is about, and they clarify the identity of the company. So as the world is shrinking, and as the world becomes increasingly competitive, having a set of specific core values that speaks to the public about who you are becomes an advantage because people are looking to connect with companies that reflect their values. So core values then becomes a primary recruiting and retention tool. You just have to get online and do your research and look for companies that reflect your values, your desire of how you want to shape the world the things that you think are important. <clears throat> it may seem weird to start a sermon by talking about core values, by talking about companies and businesses, but I, I do want us to hold on to that thought as we open up the scriptures today. This morning, scripture unfolds near the end of Jesus' ministry. He and his followers are, are, have come to Jerusalem and they've sat down for one final meal before Jesus' betrayal, or his passion, or his crucifixion and his resurrection. And here in the, the Gospel of John, the author is making it clear that as they sit down for this dinner, Jesus knows everything that's about to unfold. And the first thing that Jesus does for them this isn't our scripture reading, it's, it's a little earlier in the chapter. But the first thing Jesus does is he washes the disciples' feet. Sits down, kneels down, he takes on that role of a servant, and he washes their feet. And he asks them, do you know what I have done for you? I expect you to do the same. 
Then Jesus predicts that he's going to be betrayed. And he sends Judas out into the night. And then with the betrayer gone from their midst, Jesus gets to the task of teaching. He's got one last shot to teach what he is about and what his disciples are supposed to be about. He's trying to conclude these three years of teaching into something that they will remember when he is no longer with them. And he starts that teaching by these simple words. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Everybody will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You see, for Jesus, the number one core value the disciples need to embody is love for one another. Love one another. Simple, right? And, and then just to make sure that it's clear, clear what he means by love, he states that they should love each other in the same way that he has loved them. And that means that's not just any love that we decide fits us or serves us or makes us feel warm inside. We're talking about a sacrificial, forgiving, patient love that shows no favoritism and that is offered freely. We're talking about the kind of love which is never withheld, the kind of love that is offered without condition. The kind of love that is expressed in action. That is the kind of love that we are talking about. That's it. And I think we can look at this as saying, this is the number one core value that Jesus has. That Jesus desires for his community to embody. St. Jerome, an early Christian teacher and leader, he tells a story in his, uh, his, his commentary on the, the, letter, on the book of Galatians. And, it, and it's a story about an extremely old John the Evangelist. So John who wrote the Gospel of John. And it's about what happened in the church in Ephesus. And Jerome tells us that his disciples would pick up this old, aged disciple and carry him into the midst of those that had gathered there in the church and the congregation. And he'd look around and he would be unable to say anything other than, little children, love one another. Week after week, as the disciples carried the aged apostle into the church and heard him say these words and nothing more. His disciples asked him, Master, why do you always say this? And John says, because it is the Lord's command. And if this only is done, it is enough. Simple, right? very center of all we do, we should be able to see Christ-like love. 
And we can remember that, right? It's simple. It's easy. Maybe it's not so easy. If it is so easy, then why do so many people in our culture see the church as a place of judgment? As a hostile place? So easy. Why do we make rules which exclude people from full participation in the church? This is the way they were born. Why has the church always struggled with diversity of skin color, ability, socioeconomic status, gender, and culture? You see, it's an easy value to remember. But the new commandment that Jesus gives his disciples isn't as easy as it seems. And if we're honest, we mess it up very very quickly. Somehow we find excuses to dismiss or modify or forget the new commandment. And every time we do this, every time we forget it, every time we modify it, every time we dismiss it, we make actions, we choose, excuse me, we make decisions, we choose actions, and we speak in words that do not resemble Christ. Every time Christ's love is not at the center of what we do and say, people cannot see us as disciples. Cannot see us as Christ's disciples. And this brings us back to that discussion about core values. Have you ever stopped and wondered what the core values of our church are? Do we know that? Do we have a common understanding about what our core values are? When it comes down to the very essence of what it means to be North Hollywood First United Methodist Church, what do we value most in our community? Because if it isn't love, if it isn't the kind of love that Jesus modeled, then nobody is ever going to recognize us as Christ's disciples. If it is not Christ's love that is at the center of who we are, that drives the decisions we make, then we're not Christ's church. How are we to do ministry in a community where 80% of our community does not have any significant religious connection. We have to do it standing on Christ's love, filled with Christ's love, reaching out with Christ's love, letting it drive what we do, what we say, and how we embrace. And it starts here with one another. Starts here with each other. Sometimes when we stop and we think about the love of Christ, we there's that point where we say, you know, Christ loves so perfectly, so completely, there's no way we can ever match up to that. And there's some truth there. So you give yourself a little slack and say, it's not that I'm going to perfectly do it, I'm going to try 
every day, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. And I want you to remember that it's not a feeling. That the love of Christ isn't that warm feeling. Because when we read the scriptures, Christ gets impatient with the disciples. He gets frustrated by them. And yet he comes back and somehow manages to respond to them in a way that embraces them and encourages them, even in the midst of his frustration. He keeps his cool head whenever he's confronted. We don't have to be perfect inside and out. We just have to try our best. Can we agree to try our best to love with the love of Christ? Can we do our best to love one another the same way that Christ loves us? That same patience that we receive, that same embrace that we receive, the same forgiveness that we receive, can we extend that to one another? We lift one another up when we're down. Let us embody the love of Christ. Start here and let's see where it takes us in the community. Let this be our number one company value. Let this be the thing that defines us, that drives our decisions, that chooses our actions, which shapes our words. A new commandment Christ has given you. Love one another. As Christ has loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that we are his church, that we are his disciples, if we love one another.